broadside into her, if you please, Captain Bush. Pointers on target. Linstock's ready. Aye, aye, sir. C.S. Forrester's Indomitable Man of the Sea, Horatio Hornblower. disabled ships drifting rapidly apart, and each with no purpose than to patch its wounds and return to destroy the other. I can see the nativity had again. Now the score's clearing, sir. How does she bear? About two points on the starboard beam, sir. Ah. There. Ah. She's too. Looks a bit lopsided without her foremost. Hmm. She seems to have made no attempt as yet to rig a new one. Well, as soon as we can carry it and sail off so that we can beat the wind over, he'll have it at our mercy. We must try and do it before nightfall, Mr. Bush, and, and or we may lose her altogether in the dark. And uh, now what's this? It's the funeral party, sir. Oh. Uh, <clears throat> They're already going out there. Uh, <clears throat> How many? Fourteen, sir. Very well. Mr. Bush, have all hands stop work, but remain where they are. I intend no disrespect to the dead. But this ceremony must be swift or the living may be endangered. Aye, aye, sir. We therefore commit their bodies to the deep. under the bottom and seems to be holding. I've been able to release all but 20 men from the pump. Good. Everything ready now for hoisting the mast. 
All ready, sir. Right. Now, Mr. Bush, it is important that nobody should haul or carry out any movement except by orders. I shall try to use the pitching of the ship to help in the raising of the mast. And if any man acts without my orders, I'll have him flogged. Aye, aye, sir. Hands to the windlass. Mr. Gellard, attend to those swings. Aye, aye, sir. Mr. Galbraith, into the mizzen stage. Thank you, sir. Never do it. The ropes will slip off the mast head. The ship's away from that stump and will sweep the deck like a broadside. You trust the old man. He knows what he's doing. Oh, if he does, oh, 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 so he up the mast Then when the bows drop, he lays off. Oh, nice time that is. Hey, better not make no mistakes, though. He won't make no mistakes. I've never seen him make one yet. Oh, don't he look tired, though? Fair water. concentrate upon anything. So that Bush had spoken twice before I could force myself to listen. I said, sir, that it's a magnificent piece of work, if you'll allow me to say so, sir. Um, shall I send up the topmast and yards now, sir? I fear it'll be useless to attempt to carry any canvas in this wind and see Mr. Bush. And the Tibetad is barely in sight now. Uh, just a smudge on the horizon, sir. Aye. There's not much chance of renewing the action till the wind takes off a bit. Yes, I cannot imagine the Admiralty accepting that statement in a report. But it's true enough, sir. We're badly knocked about, and the weather's too rough to carry on the fight. Nevertheless, the report would be received with pitying smiles, Mr. Bush. The excuse is too old, like the uncharted rock which always causes a wreck. The Admiralty is 10,000 miles away, and they can't judge the strength of this storm from there. Yet even though I should be accused of cowardice, there's nothing I can do until the weather moderates. No, sir, there's not. In that case, sir, why not take a rest? You look mortally tired, sir. Indeed you do. Well, let me send and have a berth screened off for you in the wardroom. Little sticks, Mr. Bush, it's you who need a rest. Dismiss the starboard watch and go below and turn in. While the enemy is in sight, I shall stay on deck. But, sir, I think... I gave you an order, Mr. Bush. Aye, aye, sir. Good fellow, Bush, but uh, a fool, a sentimental fool. He'd treat me like an old woman if I'd let him. Hmm. I wonder how Lady Barbara is getting on that. Oh, confounded. He has that idiot of a steward now. Can't anybody leave me alone? Well, Paul, Will, what do you want? Well, I've been to attend to the lady, sir. I screened off a bit of the all-off for her, sir. The all-off? But the wounded are in there. Well, they're mostly quiet now, sir. No. Well, I couldn't leave her in the cables here. Oh. I've stung the hammock for her. She's, she nipped into it like a bird, sir. <laughs> Took a bit of grub, too, in her. 
glass of wine, she did. Oh, very good, Paul. Well, now, it stands to reason, sir. A frigate in the sea like this, and a battle-like lock with what we've had is... Well, it's a bit rough on an high-born lady. Just confine yourself to facts and keep your opinions to yourself, Paul Wheel. The high-born lady joined this ship of her own free will, knowing that she was about to go into action. Aye, aye sir. Now, uh, about you, sir. Here's some dry clothes and a chest in the storeroom. Well, I'm afraid the last broadside done for everything in your cabin. Well, I don't want any dry clothes. Uh, of course you don't, sir. I wouldn't suggest it, except in... Well, if it takes cold, sir... You won't be fit when we catch it up with a nativity. Will it change up here, sir, or come below? Uh, <clears throat> now, now, look. If I just lash this here hammock chair to the rain, sir, you could sit there when you've changed and have this biscuit and rum, couldn't you, sir? <clears throat> and this here boat cloak will keep some of the spray off you. But you won't have to leave the deck. Paul oh, Will, are you presuming to give me orders? Orders, sir? Me? <laughs> I hope so knows my place, sir. Hmm. It's all right, Mr. Bush, sir. You can turn in now. <laughs> Captain's in his chair and sleeping like a baby, sir. <laughs> oh, good heavens, I must have dozed off. Mm. What time is it, I wonder? Well, impossible, it's after midnight. As black as the Earl of Hell's riding boots. Hmm, feels to me as though the weather's improving. Let's have a look at the binnacle. Ah, Mr. Bush. Wind's shifting southerly and moderated, sir. Uh, wish there's a bit of starlight even. I can't see a thing. The dividend might be 20 miles away or only 200 yards. Yes, I doubt she's close. She was going away to leeward rapidly when we last saw her. She can't have carried out all the repairs she'll need in this weather. What do you think she'll do, sir? Mm, that fellow Crespo commands her is no fool. I believe he'll try to avoid us until he can get into the Gulf of Fonseca and refit. He'd like us to follow him into the Gulf, so he'd have the advantage of the shore batteries as well. He can't make much sail in his crippled condition, sir. But even if he could, the wind is wrong for getting to the Gulf. I had observed that fact, Mr. Bush. I believe he'll reach far out to sea and claw southwards as far as he can. I shall return to my chair until daylight and attempt to work out what is likely to be his position at dawn. Aye, aye, sir. Morning, sir. Sea's going down fast, sir, and the wind's taken off. Some will be up in ten minutes. Yes, we'll make sail, if you please, Mr. Bush. Here is the course you are to sail. But as I gave the course, I knew that it was sheer guesswork. Every yard I sailed might be away from the Tatavid Dad while she hurried to safety. My heart was heavy with misgiving, for I knew that if I had failed, there would be many who would attribute that failure to incompetence or cowardice. Concerned, determined not to allow anyone to guess at the doubts and fears which tormented me. When the light should be sufficient for the masthead lookout to scan the horizon, I might be justified or ruined. 
Yet even my resolution to remain calm must have wavered when my gloomy thoughts were pierced by a wild cry from aloft. We found her, sir. We found her. You are right again, sir. Uh -huh. Look, sir. You can see her from here with the glass. Dead ahead. Yeah. Ah. ah, she's coming round, sir. She's running away. As Crespo wishes to postpone action, he prefers discretion to heroics, and quite rightly, Mr. Bush. However, set every stitch we can carry, send the hands to breakfast. If we engage, there's no telling when they'll eat again, if ever. Aye, aye, sir. Hands to breakfast. We're gaining, sir. She'll not get away this time. We'll blow her right out of the water. Never underestimate your opponent, Mr. Bush. Those 24-pounders of hers are heavy metal. We have a ship which is leaking like a sieve, has a makeshift rig, and is 64 men short. And our firing force is far inferior to hers. Do you think the wind's going to hold, sir? Mm. Seems to me as if the sun's swallowing it. Oh, it's getting mighty hot, too. It'll be just our luck to lose the wind now. I can't trim it anymore. Hi! You're at the wheel. Oh, here, small blast, you. I can't, sir, begging your pardon. There ain't enough wind. Damn it, he's right. The wind's gone, sir. And look at that sky. It's like brass. We're in a dead calm and well out of range. We will tow with the boats. Have the launch and cutter hoisted out. Boats away! Cutter's crew! Launch's crew! Now then, men. You've got a hard task, but it must be done. You've got to pull. Pull till your muscles crack and your hands burst. Now get your clothes off and pull naked. I'll have you relieved in an hour. Now, pull! All together, way! Look at that, Mr. Jellard. That puff of stroke from the Tivitan. Yes, she carries two long 18s aft. We're going to run the gauntlet of those for the next hour. That was nearer, about 50 yards of our starboard quarter. Mr. Gerard, ask Mr. Marsh to see what he can do with a long nine on our forecastle. All right, sir. I know it's not much use, but it'll cheer the men to feel that we're replying. All right, sir. He's ready and waiting. Very good, Mr. Marsh. Show them some fury. Stand by, gun crew. Give me the lanyard. You cable Very good. Try again. Here comes some more, fellas. Ah, that one got us just above the waterline. Followed. Oh, well done, Mr. Marsh. Right alongside her. guns trained on us instead of two. She's positioning for a broadside. We shall have some pebbles about our ears there, long lads. Let's show them that Englishmen don't care. There about shooting. Not more than two hits. Mr. Galbraith, let that main gullet stay. Splice directly. At what distance would you, would you say she is now? Oh, three parts of a mile, I should say, sir. Uh, so I think. I, I fear our carronades will not be effective at that distance. Relieve the boat's crews and see if fresh men can pull us nearer. Aye, aye, sir. It was in 
intolerably hot. The smell of pitch from the deck seems the bitter tang of powder and the smell of the blood from the wounded, combined with my fatigue and anxiety to make me feel deathly sick. I feared to disgrace myself by being sick in front of the men. They, too, no longer joked at the guns. They were beginning to sulk under punishment. It was a bad sign. Sullivan! Sir! Yes, Sullivan. You your fiddle? Aye, sir, I have that. Well, that well we'll have a hornpipe. Benskin, Hall, McAvoy. A hornpipe from each of you and a guinea for the man that does his best. On my words, Mr. Jarrett, this will be a tale told and retold in years to come. How Captain Hornblower had his ship towed into action with hornpipes being danced on her main deck.
bush. It was our guns at point blank range. You burn like ah. She's oh. sinking. She's going down. She's gone, by heaven. Vanished as though she'd never been. You will join me in a salute to a very gallant enemy, Mr. Bush. Horatio Hornblower, starring Michael Redgrave, is based on the novels by C.S. Forrester. Music composed and conducted by Sidney Torch. Produced by Harry Allen Towers.